finds Draymond Green. Green to the basket, kicks it out of Godala. Thompson for three. Bang! Clay Thompson from downtown. It's a six-point lead. Timeout Rockets. A stunned Toyota Center crowd has watched a seven-point fourth-quarter lead turn into a six-point deficit. The Splash Brothers Bay Buckets here in the fourth quarter. Yo, 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 guys. Welcome back to the Game 6 Clay podcast. It's your boy, Gotham, with my boys, Charlie and Matt. Guys, welcome back. It has been a roller coaster of a, what is it, four days since we last recorded? I think we recorded after game one. Um, game two went down, and oh boy, did a lot of shit go down, man. This has been a whirlwind of a, of a, of a break between game two and three. Uh, we got a lot to uncover today, but you know, before we step into it, brothers, how we doing? It's a pleasure as always. Um, Charlie, Matt, talk to me before we get into all the uh, all the drama, all the uh, all the all the talk on court, off court. Let's uh, let's get a quick second. How we living? Doing all right, man. Spending the day like I want, just crushing film, crushing numbers, trying to get ready for this series. And uh, man, am I? I'm tired, but I'm hoping a little. Are you waking up today? You're waking up right now. You're waking up right now. Matt, how we living? You know what you could use, Charlie? What? A good old clothesline during a layup, man. That'll wake you up, dude. That'll that'll get you up. Dude, every every morning, uh, I set up I set up my pull up bar right at face level, and I just (laughs) run into it at full speed uh, just to simulate that. That's fantastic. What a great feeling. Hey, it's showing. You're you're. It's it's the work is showing off, Chuck. Um, Great. Uh, guys, doing good, man. I mean, that, we were all talking before we started recording about how uh, emotions were high after Tuesday night's game. Um, but, you know, aside from basketball, which I can't stop thinking about, uh, I'm doing okay. Damn, damn right. The emotions are high. Let, hey, man, let's get right into it. We're, we're good over here on this end. Um, nothing more. Shout out to my coworkers that I, I heard are going to be listening to this. So, well, uh, yes, <laughs> appreciate the support. But uh, let's get right into it, man. Um, let's just let's tackle the elephant in, elephant in the room. Um, GP2, Dylan Brooks. Um, I think objectively we can say that was a dirty play. Um, two minutes, two and a half minutes into the game. Um, obviously a, a tough, hard-fought game one that we, uh, that we went over last episode. Everybody go check that out. Um, but uh, game two was – we knew it was going to well, – we knew it was coming in. Um, you heard it from the Grizzlies. You heard it from the Warriors. This was going to be a physical game, and it was. Um, but I think that I mean that that cross the line, man. That was that cross the line between physical and dirty. And you know, I want to get I want to get you guys' takes on this um, before we dive deep into it. But I mean that the line of between physical and dirty was crossed. And before we even jump into the play itself, the reactions from the play. I mean, is it is it weird? Is it I mean, is it crazy to say that you know that for all these reactions of how like how like how out of line that the play was because it really it was not a fucking clean play. Um, Matt no. Charlie, take it away, man. Get 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 started. Yeah. So, a couple things right off the bat. Like I think it's crazy that we had this happen immediately after everything that goes down with Draymond. And I think you know heat of the moment. We all think it's BS. I think if you go back in hindsight and you watch all the angles on that clip, like I can see what they were thinking with calling that a flagrant too. You know, there is like some degree of wind up, but 
this goes to show that just because they fall under the same category does not mean that they're the same thing. And as much as Draymond has a reputation for having these dirty plays, never ended anyone's season. You know, like, yeah, like, you know, kicking a dude in the groin, definitely not kosher. Like, don't do that. He knows that. Like, he's said it before. Like, he openly admits, like, yeah, I was dumb. I was immature. I did dumb shit like that. You know, whatever. It wasn't going to knock dudes out of the playoffs. It wasn't going to affect dudes who are about to go into free agency who haven't gotten for a real chance to get paid. And I think, you know, you heard Kerr talk about like the code breaking stuff and that's where the line is, you know, it's like, Hey, like we're, we're out here, we're physical, we're doing all this shit. Like, but Brooks absolutely obliterated him, like unsafe play, unsafe conditions, unnecessary wind up. And then didn't even look at him after, you know, and I get it's the playoffs, you know, like guys aren't in the mood to be like helped up by other players. But if you just crushed a dude down to the floor and he's down there writhing in pain and you don't even look at him, you're just like dapping up teammates and stuff. Like I get it. You know, you get all the hate that comes your way. And <clears throat> that that's the stuff that really drives me crazy. Cause you know, yeah, he got suspended. That doesn't make up for the fact that Warriors just lost probably their most important guard defender for the rest of the series where Jaws given us like 80 points in the first two games and you need Gary Payton out there. And I don't know, man, like I've said, I've said all there is to say already out there. Definitely had some hot under the collar tweets. Um, It stinks, man. Like that's the end of it. You know, like we can go back and forth over this shit, but like Gary Payton's the one with the broken elbow and the ligament damage, and he's not going to be around for the playoffs. So just blows. So I do, I do hope, first of all, there's reports that it could be as little as three weeks. I don't necessarily buy that, but I want to stay optimistic. Uh, Charlie, you tweeted out, I think, or maybe you texted us. I forget, man, but I don't know if you caught the first half live or not. You said, I knew he was going to hurt somebody, right? About Brooks, okay? About Dylan Brooks. And I think a lot of people felt the same way, including myself. And even on that play, when he was sprinting and GP was going up, I was just like, I had a, I remember having a millisecond of shit. And of course, any anybody who has like spoken out to this being a soft foul or like league growing soft thing, there is not a single level of basketball that anybody plays where you getting hit while you're in the air doesn't lead to something happening. You'll get saying, your ass beat for what uh, for what Dylan Brooks did. If you try that at any pickup game, any at any part, you will get your ass beat, bro. Are you kidding? You can't clothesline a motherfucker when he's in the air. Even then, like, you're going to do that at like, like a 24 hour fitness. Yeah, you do that 24 hour fitness, bro. You're getting your ass kicked. Like that is that that's not okay at any level of basketball. I don't care if you're in the NBA or if you're playing 24 hours. Like no, and so that's all spot on. And like at the very least, you're out. Like you're not. No one's keeping you around. Like you're done. You're the guy who did the stupid fucking thing. Pardon my language, right? But did the stupid thing that that could have hurt somebody. And a lot of the times, fortunately, it doesn't. But I don't really care. It's a play you don't make in basketball, and everybody's saying, hey. Uh, he's a competitor. He, he hard fouls, no layups, whatever it is, right? Somebody brought up the no layup rule, right? The playoffs. Okay. You're, you're so far behind the play. You're not blocking the shot for one. And also we've all seen the replay at this point. Brooks was not looking at the ball. 
there was not a single instance where he's looking at the ball. He swipes at Gary Payton's head um, for all the takes of when Charles Barkley, Chuck, Chuck's namesake here, um, had the, you know, he's got to learn how to fall thing. I mean, victim blaming at its finest. I'm sorry. What are we doing, dude? The guy was, he's six, three, he gets a uh, head level to the rim. If he's falling, it's an experience that none of us who are commenting on this can even imagine. I I've gotten hit, uh, in the legs before on a layup. I probably get up 15 inches. I'm, I'm thinking to myself, man, somebody's gonna die. Right. And I'm fine. I get up, right. I'm not up there. Like Gary Payton is that's a scary experience. The guy broke his freaking elbow. Uh, and I think, you know, we've, we've hit most of this, but the, the response from Memphis sports media the last two days has oh, been, bitches. it has been like Fox News is bowing at the altar of Memphis sports media right now because they are putting <laughs> on this master class of just like gaslighting and misinformation, man. It's crazy where it's like one of these guys tweeted, I don't remember who it was, Mike something or other tweeted, uh, the difference between the Draymond Green foul and the Gary Payton foul is that Brandon Clark knows how to land. That's just, it's preposterous. And I, can't, I couldn't believe it. There's a guy broke his elbow. That's the biggest thing. We can't say it enough. A person on the Warriors. And again, um, that's an important player. Like We can come back to that in a second. But that's, a, that's an important player, but also a guy who hasn't had a chance to be in a position where he's an important player in rotation ever, no longer is. And the fact that people are saying, no, nah, it's, it's Gary Payton's fault. It was a soft foul, uh, whatever it might be. And again, a number of Memphis media people doing this is crazy. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm totally with you, man. I'm, I'm going to go as far as saying it, it, it was a hit job. Um, straight up, you don't make that play. Like that is – and the, the, the worst part about that play was Jock committed the take foul before, like as Gary Payton. He hit Gary Payton. Like they called a foul on Jock. And Jeep and a fucking Dylan Brooks punk ass bitch is coming out of nowhere, clotheslining him in the face. Are you kidding me, bro? That is, there's no place for that in the NBA in any in any role of basketball. Like I don't care, I don't care what happened. That is a dirty play. And everybody, was, the, the biggest conversation was intent or whatever. Like, oh, was he trying to go ahead and break fucking Gary Payne's elbow? No, I'm sure like Dylan Brooks in his head was not like, oh. I'm going to go up on this play to break his elbow. But you you can be damn sure his intent was, I'm going to commit a hard fucking foul because I know what GP2 yeah. means. I know, I like, it was two and a half minutes in the game. It's not like we were tied in the fourth quarter as we were. Um, it's not like we were tied in the fourth quarter. This was a close ask. I mean, what ended up being close game. But in that moment, they said they were coming out to be physical. And don't get me wrong. We, we've seen this. We've been through playoff series. We've won championships. We've seen physical playoff games. We've seen where teams are going to body the Warriors because that is where they do. That's where you can get them. Where, you know, you play a little physical, attack glass. The Warriors are vulnerable there. That was just flat out dirty, man. And like you said, Matt, for the, everybody on the Memphis media, especially, and the organization, for to tweet out game five tickets with Dylan Brooks' face on the fucking promo, that's just classless. Like, are you like that just shows that you don't that you've not been here. Like you have you your grit and grind era, whatever the fuck that you guys want to talk about. That shit capped off at a Western Conference final sweep. Y'all ain't been here before. Don't act like you have. Like this, these like this, that's what pisses me off about, about, about this Memphis team outside of job. John John Morant, you get all the respect you get. We'll I will get into it later in this episode. But John Morant, you put the team on your back, you got yourself a dub, you got a one-one series going back to the bay. Total respect. Everyone fucking else, man. There's just a lot of talk. There's a lot of front running. And there's just a lot of, I haven't been here before. You don't commit that foul. 
And people like it's 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 incredible to me to hear sideline reporters and like Memphis media where they're doubling down on oh Gary Payton should have farmed better or or you know Dylan or what about Draymond? I'm like, yo, it's not even about that. Like I guarantee you, pull up the tape, bro. You're not gonna find it. You're not gonna find a file where Draymond was actively looking to hurt a guy. You're you keep, okay. Has Draymond committed tough fouls, hard fouls? Sure. He was trying to bruise Stephen Adams' testicles. Hey, and even if that's the case, man, like it, it all happened in the flow of the game. My thing with this one, it didn't happen in the flow of the game. This was a goddamn hit job, and Memphis got they got the result they wanted. They're the Warriors' best perimeter defender is now out for probably the postseason, unless you know. Hopefully, I mean, and yeah, in this incoming Warriors finals run, fuck you, Memphis. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it was a hit job, man. Like you, two minutes into the game, you don't do that. Especially when you're talking about talking about being physical and I'm all for physical basketball. That's what playoffs are about. That's uh, you hear the players say it. Like, this is what like, we, we accept, we expect physicalness. Nobody, you're not going in there with the intent to hurt someone or, or, uh, you know, it was, it was a goddamn hit job and fuck Dylan Brooks, punk ass motherfucker. I, he, he got a one game suspension. You know, I think that as the league, that's that's really all you could do. Um, as as much as you know, you'd want him to be suspended for multiple games. Um, I think a one game suspension is what you know we saw coming. But um, really, the uh, the the reaction from the Memphis media, the Memphis fans, just this doubling down because at, at the end of the day, this is you're watching competitive athlete or professional athletes compete at the highest level, and you want to see physical basketball, but. There's a line that's drawn, and that line was abs- – and I agree with Steve Kerr, man. You don't see that. If you have – got Richard Jefferson and Kendrick Perkins agreeing with each other on ESPN. You've got multiple players saying that this was a dirty play. It was a dirty fucking play, man, and I don't want to hear anything about it. Um, all these Memphis media people, um, soft, never been here before, and uh, they're showing it. They're showing how they're not on the same level, and it's, it's, it's on, on disgusting that, to see. On that too, dude, the um... – the Jordan pool thing. Oh, like oh my God. Oh my goodness. Well, the funniest thing is like, even if it were how the rules worked, which it isn't, you know, like the rules state that if there's a fight going on, guys can't leave the bench. So nothing pool did was illegal. On top of that, even if he did, your guy just fucking took someone's head off and he leaves the bench and you're trying to equate those as if, like, oh, well, he should be suspended too. Like, bunch of Tennessee ass fucking pasty. And that's the man. thing I'm that's kind of telling like, on themselves is like they know they need, they know they need things like that to happen in order to win this. And so, like, it comes out of desperation. Like, it, whatever it is, like, it's just it reeks. It reeks desperation, sad, man. Dude. And that's and that's that's. I think that's where the where the biggest issue I think with this entire saga has been where it's not obvious. I mean, obviously, you know, prayers out for GB2. The guy deserves to have his moment. I think he's, he's earned it more than most NBA players can say they have. He's toiled through the G league, found himself a spot. He's, he was, you know, producing at a high level. Um, so obviously prayers out GB2, but I think the underlying fact is, how you're the inability to separate yourself from, you know, Oh, obviously we're in a contentious playoff series. Um, you know, we, everybody wants their team to win. I'm, I, we're the, we're the first ones to accept that. Like, obviously we want to see the Warriors win. Grizzlies fans want to see the Grizzlies win. But when you see plays like that, like that, that really is a teller of 
you know, who you are as a fan. And if you can't objectively look at something, you got Grizzlies players coming out and saying, like, yo, that was a hard foul. Like, we didn't, it didn't need to be that hard. When you've got your media members, your organization doubling down on that, that just, to me, that shows that you've not been here and you're not ready to fucking accept, like, be in this moment. Like, you guys are not, if this is your reaction to an objectively dirty play, which I'm, we'll get into this a little bit. I don't think it's going to stop. But, um, you know, that it's just, it, it's really sad to see when you see mainstream media members, organization folk coming out and when a guy is clearly, you know, been hurt off a bad play. And it's, it's, it's sad to see. And it, it's really telling of who, who the Memphis fans are, man. Like I'm, I'll call you guys, I'll call you motherfuckers out right now. Like you guys soft, like it's, it's, it's just soft, man. It's, it's really soft, especially after all the out, outrage over Draymond's foul in the first fucking game. After seeing all the replays, I'll agree with you. That was a figure too. Like that's fine. But to try and compare that to what just happened on in game two is ridiculous. And I think that it just fuels you're fueling the fire for the Warriors, man. Like that's that's really what it comes down to. You you've got a pissed off squad coming home. I'm excited. I'm excited for these next two games. These are gonna be very, very fun two games. I teach uh middle school, right? Um the the uh, the whole response from from Memphis media saying look at Jordan Poole right now is quite literally what I have twelve year olds do to me every single day when I call them out for something. Did you see so and so? No, I didn't see so and so. I saw you. I saw. I yeah. saw you. Did you hit that kid? Yeah, but like that kid over there was uh, he was drinking soda in class. I I'm sorry. I don't really care. And that's that's how these guys are acting right now. It's crazy, man. It's actually it's nuts. But I'm like, hey, it's like, hey, Jordan, if you look closely, they counted the steps. Jordan Poole, I know this because I've read some of these tweets from Memphis Media. Jordan Poole took 10 slow steps. To <laughs> check on an fight. injured teammate. To check, even, not to start a fight or to even, you know, push back. Then, to check on an injured teammate. I got a rant real quick. Just a very, 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 very short rant. Yeah, for yeah go for it. But, if they need to fix this to the point where if there is a thing like that that happens where Gary Payton gets what happened to him happens to him, and let's say Jordan Poole does step up and push uh, Dylan Brooks. Let's just say he steps off the bench and that happens. Jordan Poole's suspension, if that were to have happened, this is all hypothetical, and at this point I'm sound like a total idiot, but if this were to happen, Jordan Poole's suspension cannot be the same length as Dylan Brooks. I'm sorry. The, the punishment for taking a guy out for the rest of the season cannot be the same as stepping up to get after a guy who did that to your teammate. Um, Charlie, is one game enough? I mean, I think unfortunately they kind of like set the precedent already with what happened. I mean, you know, like literally like the same play down to the nose, you know, like uh, Caruso going in the air in transition, Grayson Allen way out of line, just, you know, absolutely tease him up one game. And like, I think the argument you can make to, that I think kind of supports where they got at with that punishment is um, he missed the entirety of game two, you know, because it happened right at the beginning. Kind of helped out and, the Grizzlies. Well, and, you know, and these, like these games count for more, you know, like getting suspended for a regular season game, you know, it's a game check to them. Like this is a big deal. So like from that perspective, I see why like that's an acceptable penalty but it still sucks. You know, like, I don't think there's like, it's kind of a lose, lose, you know, like there's no way you can, um, <laughs> yeah, like people, uh, 
I don't want, I don't want to like name names on the account, but there's a very annoying Warriors account out there uh, tweeting that Brooks's suspension should Play be atheist a- eleven. <laughs> yeah, me. I'm incredibly annoying. You shouldn't follow me. Um, but uh, saying that Brooks's suspension should be exactly as long as uh, Gary Payton's out. And I was just like, dude, it's never gonna happen. Like, <laughs> yeah, like, like, pull yourself back to reality for a second. You know, like, what you think should happen is not what actually happens. That's called life. You know, like it. <laughs> like that's the things that that happen here that are just crazy to me is I'm like, Hey, you know, like even if pool was completely in the wrong and that was actually like a rule, do you think the NBA would want to suspend him and make game three, like even grosser, you know, like this series is a cash cow. They're getting like double digit millions of watchers every game. They're going to get even more for the next one for the out of town fans who would be like, Hey, maybe I get to watch, you know, JTA pulled Dylan Brooks's head off like a Build-A-Bear. You know, like, that could be pretty fun. Um, manifesting, manifesting. But, uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, they're just not going to do that. You know, like, it's not going to happen. Like, Dylan Brooks, you know, sorry, buddy. Like, you're a role guy. Like, <laughs> not even a good one at that point. Like, keep, well, keep that's the thing, that's balls, the thing right? with Draymond, you know, getting ejected and suspended. And I'm like, you have to wait it a little bit more because he is a star. And he is far more important to the outcome of the game than a Dylan Brooks. You know, like if, if that were in, you know, like people doing the, like, Oh, if that were in reverse, like if Clark fouled on Draymond like that, would he get kicked out? I'm like, probably just cause he's Brandon Clark. And they're like, and if we kick Brandon Clark out of the game, you know, like these are things that the refs have to take into account, like on the fly in real time. And they will. So yeah. Like, whatever i'm fine with one game like we'll see him game four uh whatever like he'll give us a nice four for 13 performance like he always does yeah i mean i i I totally agree man i think i mean one game is i think all you could expect at this point um kind of moving off you know obviously the series is a little bigger than just one one dirty play by uh fucking bum but um (laughs) Fuck Dylan Brooks. Um, but, you know, the, uh, when we look at the series at a larger whole, I mean, we're tied 1-1 coming back home. Um, I think that, uh, at least personally, I think I could say that it hasn't felt like the Warriors have played incredibly well at all. Um, I think Definitely has not felt like that. <laughs> can, yeah, no, I, I can, think uh, concur. Concur with that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they haven't, they haven't played well, um, but they got the job done. That, uh, when you're on the road, when you start off two games on the road, your goal is still one. And, um, you know, they got that done. Given the fact that, you know, knowing that game, that game two was um, there for the taking, Warriors weren't shooting well. Memphis, especially Jaw, had a fantastic performance um, down the stretch. How how big of a letdown was it to lose game two? And do you think that? I mean, obviously, there's concerns on game one, and game two. I mean, obviously, we can get into those um, later. But just losing that game two, do you think that changed anything in the series or? What's, what's you guys feeling right now about where the Warriors stand coming back home? I don't know if it necessarily changes a ton because, you know, like you can look at this from either side, like both games were close. So both teams are going to be able to argue uh, one or the other, um, you know, Memphis could be up 2-0, Golden State could be up 2-0, but it is 1-1. And like you said, you know, you knock out that home field advantage. Now you got to win a best of five with three home games. 
I think we've seen the Warriors are just so much better at home. They feed off that energy. Like that Memphis environment got up and I think like there's just such a strong correlation to this team being incredibly pissed off and playing really well. Like they only play poorly when unmotivated and they're as motivated as possible right now. Like even, even Steve Kerr is just like working ways to like talk about how pissed off he is into like nothing questions at pressers. So I think this team is coming back. Like they're way more motivated than Memphis is going to be. Um, they have that, like the championship experience we've seen on the court, like, you know, sort of the difference in like the veteran leadership, just the presence and presence of mind has been a big difference. I think they're going to come back so ready for these two home games. And I think their goal is not only just hit them in the mouth the first game, but put this thing down to three, one and, like, let's get this done as soon as, like, crush this team's confidence. And, like, I think under the surface, you know, with Memphis, like, there are some things there that, like, are kind of small. You know, like, this Warriors team, like, they have their own volatile personalities and everything. But so many times throughout this series, I've seen John Morant do, like, and, you know, again, love watching the dude. He's so awesome. Not defensively. Uh, he is pretty horrible at that um and you know like we got our jordan pools like we know what it's like to have a guy who's just kind of playing one side of the floor right now but uh at least jordan pool doesn't turn around and you know yell at his teammates and like um you know he blows a switch and he kind of you know draymond comes up and tells him hey you messed this up and moves on you know maybe there's stuff behind the scenes we don't see but there are plays where jaws just like completely blowing assignments and then turning around to yell at someone before the ball's even gone in the net. So I think you got to like, you got to crush this team down and you got to make them implode on themselves because I think they're just walking such a razor's edge. And once the results stop going their way, I don't know who's around to keep that locker room from unfurling. Yeah, I, I fully agree. The Warriors have a really good opportunity here. Uh, to, to actually go up three, one, um, there are definitely some concerns. However, that I think, I mean, jaw going for 47 last game is a big deal. Um, the warriors got to figure out something there and it can't, they either got to sell out on jaw or sell out on their shooters. And it's, it can't be, it can't be neither. They got to make jaw beat them fully, 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 or they got to be saying, Hey, um, we're taking jaw out of the game as best we can kind of play a little Giannis style defense there. Um, and figuring it out, but this team needs to come out with, and I think they will, like you said, Chuck, come out Saturday with some heat, some absolute heat. Because this team, Draymond is pissed. These guys are sad, and they're they're pissed off about what happened to their brother, Gary Payton the uh, second, and they should be, and they will be. And I don't know what's going to happen, but um, I'm looking forward to this this matchup because I think the Warriors, like you said, they're pissed off. And there are very few guys who play better pissed off. Draymond and Steph are a few of them. Uh, I'm, I don't know if I'm ready to put Clay in that conversation right now. He has been at certain times, but we'll get to Clay in a bit. Uh, is anything about what we saw in the last two games concerning to you guys from the dubs? Honestly, I mean, we've, we've seen it. Like we've talked about it on the pod um, all throughout the season. The only, the biggest thing about these first two games was the Warriors not hitting open shots. And, you know, that's been 
you know, kind of a theme throughout the season where, you know, they just go through stretches where they just didn't knock down shots that they were creating. Um, I do think Clay was forcing a little bit um, in that, especially down the stretch, um, which I think, I mean, that's, that's a game by game fix. I think Clay Thompson has been around this league long enough. He knows what good shots are, what, what good shots are. But um Honestly, like going back to like the kind of the earlier topic of the, like the concern, I have like zero concern with the way these first two games have gone down. You've gotten two pretty much like fantastic performances from Memphis, um, specifically Ja, who's you're forcing him to take the shots that the Warriors can live with. He's hitting threes. Um, you know, when obviously when Gary was there, he was making life difficult. But even without that, you know, the only the only biggest concern was down the stretch in that game too, where. Jaw was able to get to his left hand. He was able to get to that floater game. Um, he was able to kind of exploit that kind of in between where nobody really can defend him if he's if he's in his bag. So um, for everything that happened, I think the biggest disappointment from this first two games was just not being able to close out that game too. I think that the Warriors had a such a great opportunity to, despite not playing well, despite not shooting the ball well, all those dumb turnovers in game two. Um, obviously the uh, emotional loss of GP, um, with all that given, they took Memphis's best punches. They were down 10 in the second, that second half came back, took the lead, just couldn't close it out. So, I mean, realistically, like it's, it's, it was a very encouraging two game road trip in Memphis, um, to get the, yeah. I mean, like you said, Chuck, both teams could feel like they're up 2-0, um, but for the Warriors to not only have stolen one, but kind of have a game storm from them in Memphis where jaw went off and they did, they did pretty much what they wanted to do defensively outside of um, jaw making plays. You know, you're coming home with a one, 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 one tie, two games of chase and a team that hasn't shot the ball well. And that's fucking motivated to shoot the ball. Well, like they're all the shots that we were getting, they would just, if they hit two more open threes, they win that game. I don't care when that was, they go nine for 38. They win that game which is incredible to say, like beating the two seed. Like we didn't, nobody expected to sweep these, this Memphis Grizzlies team. I think for all, all the flack that we're giving them, all, all the shit that we're talking, this is a good team. Like they are a very good team. That mm-hmm. being said, there has been nothing that they've done that scares me. Um, I, I fully expect the Warriors to go back to Memphis up 3-1. Um, copy your motherfucking Dylan Brooks tickets, Memphis fans, because – you're going back home 3-1 down. Like, it's there's nothing stopping the Warriors going up 3-1 except themselves. Um, knock down these shots. They're getting the looks. They're playing defense the right way. They're living with the shots that you're going to be able to live with. At that point, man, like, I don't I don't know uh, I don't know what else you can hope for from these first two games other than that, you know, GP's healthy. But um, we know where we stand, and, um, you know, I'm excited. I'm, I'm very, very excited for, for Saturday night because uh, – that is going to be – it should be the loudest Chase Center's ever been because this is a coming-of-age game for them. Um, I've been there in the crowd for a closeout game. Not impressed with the energy in the first – you know, until that crunch time. But if this series doesn't get you hyped up, I don't know what will. So, um, yeah, I mean, I feel, I, feel, I feel great where we're at. Love it. <laughs> well, I think uh... – Got a couple more things to go, but first we get a little. Can we get a little anchor shout out from Matt. Let's get a little little anchor, little ankle plug. Uh, quick little break, but uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us on this first first half of uh, this game uh, two and in between game three breakdown. We're going to be coming back right with some uh, 
some adjustments for game three, some predictions. Um, and yeah, guys, catch you on the flip side of Matt giving us this beautiful anchor shout out. Yo, 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 guys. Welcome back to the Games to Clear podcast. Your boy Gotham. Hope you guys enjoyed that. As always, wonderful, wonderful shout out for Anchor, for my boy Matt. Thank you, Matt, for that. Uh, but guys, this is, I love where we're at right before this. Right before the break, let's jump back into it. Um, we, uh, we we launched some uh, some Twitter questions on the uh, at Games Who's Clay Pod account on Twitter. Please follow that. Um, always some good content. But uh, our boy Aaron Parsons, shout out. Hopefully you listen to this. Um, new, new subscriber to the pod. But uh, Aaron gave us a great question. I think that this was something that we want to dive into regardless. But, um, you know, now that we got the question, it was great. Um, but what – um. You know, obviously, playoffs are all about adjustments, and you know we've seen that you know, with the last series, this series, whatever series we've been in. Um, but coming back home, game three, uh, what uh, what adjustments do you guys want to see from the Warriors? Um, you know, specifically on Jaw, on just in general, offensively, what uh, what adjustments do you want to see now that obviously GP two is out? Um, there's going to be some. Matt, Charlie, what uh, what do you guys take? So my main adjustment, it's something that people have called for before, but especially now that you don't have GP2 out, trap jaw every time. Uh, I mean, it stinks that you don't have Dylan Brooks there to like confidently try to finish those plays 33% of the time like he does, but I think you've seen what happens in these games. Like He can't be allowed to just get whatever he wants downhill. Um, especially in isolation, especially on these switches. And you got to like, like if you have lesser guys, you know, like if you don't have Wiggins on him trap every time, if you have Wiggins on it, you can actually survive it. Um, Like I just threw up right now, like Wiggins after GP two went out, he was the primary defender on jaw. Jaw drove on him 10 times. He scored two points, didn't make a shot, three turnovers, kicked it out three times. He couldn't get anything going. And those two points also came from a um, iffy walking foul by one Mr. Scott Foster. But uh, so the point I'm trying to make with that is like, you can't be as soft with the switching anymore. Cause there are so many instances where Wiggins was just, you know, they'd run sort of like a lazy screen and he would just switch off and suddenly it's Jordan pool and jaw obliterated Jordan pool. Like the first two games, like he just got everything he wanted. And that's not cool. You know, like that's like, yeah, like it would be nice if he was better at defense, but that's not his job. Like that's not what he's there to do. That's what Andrew Wiggins is there to do. And he needs to be determined as all hell to stick through those matchups and stick jaw, stick on jaw as much as he can. But when he can't just trap the dude and, you know, let Zaire Williams try to beat us. Let Xavier Tillman try to beat us. Let, Desmond Bain tried to beat us, who has not been very good at all and looks like something is kind of wrong with him physically. So that's that's my main game plan is just make anyone but job he does. Yeah, Chuck, I think that was perfect. And that Wiggins stat's awesome. I know uh, I've shared a lot of GP2 versus Jaw stats the last month or so with all the, the hype for um, the series. And Gary Payton, before the season, held him to – below 20% shooting and uh, through the first couple rounds of the playoffs below, you know, well below 40 Wiggins is a 
has held jaw to not not uh dissimilar numbers you know he's done a really good job on him i think it's really important to take note of that because wiggins has been really good um taking care of jaw i think that'll force the warriors to kind of play a little bigger elsewhere because Wiggins has been an absolute menace on the glass. This whole series, the guy has been uh, pay attention down low guys, because down low Wiggins is getting held. Like he's prime Chuck right now. They're trying so hard to keep this guy off the glass there. And he's just absolutely battling. So uh, when the Warriors win this series, it's going to be not in small part because Andrew Wiggins has been busting his ass. Uh, I, I Chuck, similar to what you were saying, man, I think John Morant's the key in the opposite end. I think the Warriors have guys to punish him, whether that's uh, Stephen Dre, PNR, putting Kaminga in some actions with Jaw, uh, whatever it might be, but put Jaw in the in the blender on offense because um, Charlie, I forget if we were even saying this before the podcast or uh, during the last last segment, but the guy's bad on defense. He doesn't move his feet. He loses a lot of guys. Um, He's one of those guys. No one, and to be clear, everyone wants to play with Josh. Josh is great, but as far as someone who gets beat on defense and calls out somebody else, no one likes that. Um, they can, the Warriors can really exploit that, and I think they need to because past the point of attack, no one needs to tell you. You know, that's when the Warriors can make their money. They have athletes to do it, and Wiggins and Kaminga. They have guards to punish it, and Pool and uh, and Steph, obviously. I think we only saw it once, uh, but Draymond, the Draymond to the baseline cutter short roll is gold with Kaminga as that, as that cutter. We saw it once or twice in the last couple of games, but it's money. It's there. Uh, punish these guys. And they need to make job work on the defensive end, especially because I, I, I didn't catch the fourth quarter last night. From what I understand, Luca got turned into an absolute just ghost on defense. Yeah. And that's kind of the treatment the Warriors should be, should be passing out to a guy like John Morant, who's not strong, who's not very, doesn't demonstrate quickness laterally. I have no doubt that guy can stay with somebody if he finally figures out what he's doing on that end. But um, right now, it's not that guy. They got to make him work on that end. Um, and I mean, more than anything, this team needs to make shots, though, because if they keep shooting, geez, what are they, 27%? Yeah, 20, something, something ridiculous. And the fact that they were within four or five last game is incredible, but it's going to be hard to win games in the playoffs in the second round when you're not, when you're, when you're, best players, best qualities aren't able to be realized. It's hard to win a series. So you got to knock down shots. But again, my, my thing, in addition to what Charlie said is making John Moran work on both sides of the ball. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I totally agree, man. I think that when you look at when you, especially, especially in that game too, when you look at the shots that the Grizzlies had, especially down the stretch, um, when the Warriors took the lead, those were all shots you can live with. Um, Jaw step back three, um, you know, fucking Zaire Williams hidden, hidden shot. Can come shot. Those are shots you can live with, and I think that the Warriors have done a great job these first two games of, you know, forcing the Grizzlies to make plays to win. And to their credit, they've uh, especially John, they've made plays to win that game, especially that game two season on the line. Um, can't go back on. You can't go on the road down 2-0. John made plays, but the Warriors defensively, to their credit, they that's what they wanted. They that's what they told them, and that's what they did. Um, so you got to give credit where credit's due. I think that, um, you know, Memphis showed up that being said, like, like you said, man, I was watching that, that Phoenix, uh, that Phoenix Dallas game yesterday and man, Luca dropped, I forget what, how much he dropped last night, but it was like in the forties or whatever, 34 or something like that, whatever it was, but they were putting that man in the goddamn blender 
um, to close that game out. CP3 and D-Book just made Luka an absolute liability on defense. And like you said, that is exactly what the Warriors got to do with job. Um, if you're going to give us 47, fine, beat us like that way. But we're going we're gonna to score 47 on your ass. And that should be the mentality. And I think, I mean, obviously the Warriors have, you know, one of the most gifted, if not the most gifted guard lineup in the league right now with Steph, Clay, Jordan Poole, Draymond playing the quarterback in the middle. But um, adjustment-wise, there's really, like, they've played well enough to win these two games. It really comes out of hitting these shots, man. They're generating and really, really good shots. They're generating great shots. I forget what, I was listening to the 95-7 game, um, like their live stream, and I forget what the, the total was, but it was like the Warriors were 0 for 9 or 0 for 10 on open open threes. Like that just that just tells me that you're getting the looks that you want to get. Like you are getting the offense is generating the right looks. It's just about it, you got to trust your best three players to knock these down. Like I don't expect Steph to go three for 11 or whatever, Clay and Steph to combine for or four for 28 or whatever the fuck that they shot. Like it was some god awful numbers. And even then, like you said, Matt, they lost that game by five points and they had it outside of that jaw, like that jaw Draymond foul call. They were right there, like to win that game. So, you know, I think the Warriors, um, they're definitely the more confident team, obviously coming home. But even the way these first two games played out, they've taken the best shots from Memphis um, and are a three or two away from being up 2 0. So um, they haven't played well nearly as what we know that they can play. Um, But yeah, I think getting Jaw to work on the defensive end, um, just. The guy can't guard um, straight up. Like, he's not a good defender. Um, You put him in any action whatsoever, somebody's getting an open look. I don't care if that's, you know, you put him in a pick and roll and then, you know, you pass out to the corner where somebody's open. Somebody's going to be open when you're making jaw work on defense. And if they're able to do that and start to get into a rhythm, it's curtains on the series. Like, I I don't see – we've gotten Memphis's best punches. Um, I I really can't envision – you know, Desmond Bain, as as good of a player as he is, he's hurt, and Steph's doing a great job on him defensively. Um, you know, Brandon Clark, he's, he, the Warriors have won the uh, the board, the the rebounding uh, the rebounding game, the points in the paint, first two games. So they're they're beating the Grizzlies at their own game, really, when you're looking at it. And you know, it, at that at this point, it's just, do you trust the two best shooters in damn near NBA history, plus a rising superstar guard in Jordan Poole, to hit open threes? I'll take my, I'll take those chances over 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 whatever now five game series with three at home. Um, adjustment wise, the Warriors are right there. Um, I'm not I'm not worried um, unless you know if if Jaw scores sixty and you and he wins you the game, you gotta tip your hat like that's something. But that's something you live with. And the way the Warriors have played so far, they I, I don't think they have anything to hand their hat on defensively. I think offensively is where the adjustments are going to come in and. Um, we we've seen what this team can be at uh, you know peak peak strength and they're 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 due and they're due for a big game. Uh, it's been it's been almost four or five games, including that Nugget series, since that this offense has really blown up. And I think we're getting one of those, if not game three, for sure game four. But um, it's coming, and uh, you know the dam's opening. Charlie, um, do you think Kaminga needs? 20 to 30 minutes a game in this series? And if so, how do you see Kaminga affecting a series like this? I think there are a couple things. Um, one more thing on the 
the John note that I think is absolutely insane. <laughs> He's had 33 drives in isolation so far against the dubs. Uh, he's gotten two feet in the paint 29 times. Like that's the true definition of unstoppable. Uh, also shout out to Andrew Wiggins for getting three of those four stops. Um, but on a similar note, um, much different sample size, but Jonathan Kaminga has had eight drives so far this series. He has not been denied getting two feet in the paint. He also hasn't scored in the paint. Uh, on these drives so that's the kind of thing where it's like hey dude you're there you know like it's it's like the mentality thing it's not a process thing for him like he's doing so many things well in transition defensively um I mean he had that you know like one charge where he just like put his shoulder through jaw and whatever but you know, he's got to be aggressive in these pinch minutes, like on the, you know, on the block, like getting these shots, like he can't have his only shot attempt to be a fadeaway. You know, like that's, that's not who he is. Um, so I think you need to see more out of Kaminga or they need to start thinking about, you know, tightening up the rotation. Cause I think that's been tough. And, <clears throat> you know, one other guy we've been meaning to talk about uh, these clay struggles and like, what do you do here? Um, I think it has been frustrating as hell seeing him just like, you know, going through the motions really. And like taking these shots that we're like accustomed to seeing him take, but we're accustomed to seeing him go in too. you know, like I like, do you want to be the one to tell Clay Thompson that taking a three with 20 seconds on the shot clock is a bad shot. Like he's still Clay Thompson, you know, <laughs> like he's been, that shot has been a good shot for him for so long. And like, maybe it's not as much anymore, but this is something that's we've seen having to have to be figured out for so long. And I think it just kind of feels in this, like, you know, you're, you're stuck in this rock or a hard place where, you know, maybe, maybe you bench him and maybe that like, you know, shifting things like more towards pool could have some good results, but then maybe you're also eliminating the possibility of those blow up clay games. Cause you know, we're not that far removed. Like last three games of the regular season, he had 30 in all three. He's never done that for three straight games. So, you know, the converse is like, I don't know if you guys have seen that meme where it's like the guy just like banging his pickaxe, you know, through this tunnel. And then he's like an inch away from getting like the diamonds and the joke is just like, keep gambling. Uh, but <laughs> like, I think that's kind of the thing you have to look at here is like, if you start to like take things off clay's plate, then you also maybe lose the potential breakout games that we know are coming, you know, like he struggled, but he still hit the game winning shot in game one. Like we know he can be that guy. So, so I got to ask if, if, if the converse there is Jordan Poole getting those shots, do you take it though? Is the kind of the question I think is if Clay is leading, I don't know if he's leading lead the team in shot attempts. I don't think he is. I think he's shooting more shots a game than Jordan Poole is though. Um, and I don't, I don't necessarily think benching Clay is the answer, but I think in the same sense, you could also argue that you're denying Jordan Poole that same, that same opportunity to kind of go off, which Jordan Poole of late is probably the more likely of the two, I would say to have a moment, but what do you guys, what do you think Chuck? What do you think Gotham? I think that's fair. Like, I think, I don't know. Like I love, I love what Poole's able to bring to the, the table with those late shots. I think 
the balance has to be a little different. And that's where, you know, like it's, it's, it's tough for pool, like that he doesn't deserve to be the guy who goes to the bench, but it's almost like a credit to how good he's been because, you know, you need to like focus on how can we win the minutes where Steph is off the floor. And if you win those minutes by having Jordan pool, get whatever he wants for, you know, 10, 12 minutes, however long Steph has to rest. I'll take that over clay getting whatever he wants, you know? And that's like not necessarily fair to pool that he's the guy who like can make more difficult shots and create things, but it's what he's best at. And like, I, I think you need to like focus on, you know, clay can be better accentuated by the guys around him. Um, but he can't really, he can't really bring guys up uh, yeah. the way he used to. And, and that the, the whole, the, the whole clay thing is really, it, it's such a catch point too. Like you said, Chuck, cause like a lot, like, I mean, a lot of the shots that clay does take, especially when he's feeling it are objectively bad shots. Like, if it mm-hmm. wasn't Clay Thompson shooting them, like you'd be like, "What the fuck are you doing, man?" Like, and he's and he's earned that right. Like, he is obviously he's earned that right as one of the greatest shooters. Absolutely. Of and I, I the the reason why I'm I'm not too worried about Clay is a he's been here before. He knows what you know how to how to win and whatever. But b is we we saw this exact thing happen in the regular season. Um, you know when he was working his way back, he had you know a stretch of games where he was he was forcing shots. Um, you know, not you're trying to take the offense in his own hands. And, you know, that's not the kind of, that's not who Clay is. Um, he's a catch and shoot guy, put him on the block against a smaller defender. And, you know, he's going to go, he's going to go to work. And when he starts feeling it, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, don't, don't hold back. Please, please shoot all the shots that you feel comfortable shooting. Um, with the emergence of Jordan Poole though, is, is now where I think Clay, especially in like playoff series, is going to have to find that he doesn't need to be that, that second knockdown shooter that we have, because we already have one in Jordan Poole and that can do things that Steph does, can do stuff that Clay does um, at an elite level. And for Clay, I think we'll see this in game three. And I'm, I'm expecting, if not game three, one of these home games is going to be a Clay Thompson game. Um, it's just, it, it's par for the course. You, that's what you'd expect, but you feel it in the bones, right? It's, like, it's going to happen. You know like you, you're not, Clay's not taking, he's not airballing. Like he had a couple, like just terrible bricks and airball or two in there. And Steph too. Steph airballed a couple last game. Yeah, Steph airballed a couple. Well. And like, you're not, you're not going to get those, like it, those games happen. Like it's, a, it's hard to win in the playoffs. It's hard to win in the NBA, man. Like you're going to get all time great struggle like that. But I think for Clay, he's, not even for him to realize. I think he knows how good of a player Jordan Poole is. We've heard him talk about it a bunch of times, but I think when he realizes that, you know, he's, he doesn't have to be that number two option all the time. He can be a very, very lethal third option where all you got to do is catch and shoot my guy. Like you, that's what that's your bread and butter. And um, we're going to see, I think the Warriors often, a lot of it is when the Warriors offense finds its flow, when guys are hitting shots, um, the tempos up, uh, up tempo offense, um, it's going to come. And so, yes, like clay struggles were concerning. Um, but I think it was also just a result of the larger offensive struggles that the Warriors had. And, uh, clay's a real player. Um, he sees a couple go down. It's curtain. The guy can drop 37 and quarter 60 off whatever 12 dribbles or whatever the fuck it was. Um, not at all worried about clay Thompson, but, um, you know, we've seen him four shots, um, this season. And, uh, We've seen him not four shots and play within the role of the offense after, and the Warriors ended up closing out the, series, uh, the season five and zero, one four one against the Nuggets. 
And, you know, I, I think we're really, especially having three days in between games two and three, I think also feeds into a lot of this narrative where, you know, is, is Clay Thompson the same? Is Steph Curry, can, can they do this? It's one game, man. The Grizzlies won a tough, won a hard fought game. Warriors are right there. And, um, you know, it's, it's taken, if, if you're putting money on Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Jordan Poole to hit open shots, is, is that that's the way you're going to win the series? Give me that 100 times out of 100 as a betting man. I'll take that any day of the week. So, yes, Clay struggles are, are you know, you hate to see it, but uh, very, very fixable and I think are going to be fixed within my Saturday at 530. So, that's – I actually – I almost fully agree with that. So, I guess first thing I want to say is Jordan Poole right now, I think he's just better than Clay Thompson. I don't – I don't – I know it's like a crazy and it's not generally yeah, it's, it's okay to say, truth, but he's but... – it's Jordan Poole needs to be taking more shots than Clay. I don't think that's crazy. Um, I think at the end of the game – if it comes down to it, sometimes I think there needs to be a, a realization of that. And that doesn't mean benching clay. And so much of this, I think is, is just a matter of roles and knowing your role and clay needs to be the third. I hate, we hate the options terms, right? But he needs to be the guy that realizes there are two guys here who need the ball in their hands and with the ball in their hands are more effective than, than I am with the ball in my hands. And that's not to say clay is not, uh, if he's rolling, yes, there's nothing like it, right? We've all seen it. Um, but so much, this just needs to be, hey, your job isn't the dribble. Your job is not to go one on four doing this. And I don't, I think Clay needs to be on the court, to be quite frank, right? It's not, not even like, oh, not, not a matter of benching, but this team's offense in the fourth quarter will not, they won't score unless those three guys are out there. I, I, I firmly like, believe we, that. We, we talk about, we um, talk about Steph Curry's gravity. Like Clay Thompson has his own, like, his you, own see, gravity you see Clay's him. gravity every single time and, he decides to pass the ball. If he has and the ball and throws it, he he has thrown some beautiful passes this postseason, and he's one of those guys where it's like, dude, these guys are going to close out on you so hard. There is going to be an open roller if somebody's cutting to the basket. Like, there's somebody's going to be open. The thing that or him, happen, like, exactly. yeah, Clay, yes, Clay would do yeah, yes. like, and he's done that a few times. Yeah. He's taken the ball to the rack a few times. It's not a matter of him being on the court. It's a matter of Draymond or Steph or somebody saying. Or even with whatever it might be, right? Letting this guy know that Clay is the best when he doesn't have the ball in his hands, and when he catches the ball and makes two dribble. He's a two dribble player. He's a two or three dribble player, and that's when he's at his best. And that's not an insult. The, the offense will be better if he is the, if he's Clay Thompson in that sense, in role, and not in necessarily how he's performing. If that makes sense, right? He needs to just be a guy, and I I, I want to retract that. I'm not telling Clay Thompson how it needs to be. I would like to see Clay Thompson in a role where. He's been he is the clay and, and acts as the clay we've seen in the past because that's how this Warriors team does the best. And especially with Jordan Poole being a wizard with the ball in his hands when he's not over dribbling, of course. That last game was like was was rookie year Jordan Poole. At certain points, to be clear, he was still really good. But he had four or five possessions where he was dribbling the absolute hell out of the basketball and turned it over a few times. That's totally off off uh, off the point here. But I just there's got to be some hierarchy talks mid game, and it's not going to be a conversation. It's just going to be a hey, Draymond's done it before. It's finding pool before Clay at certain points, and that's how it's going to have to go, I think, because this team needs needs pool's creation as much as they need anything, just as much as they need Clay to be the two dribble or catch and shoot Clay Thompson that he's so good at being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree. And, I, and the funny part is we're talking about Clay fucking Thompson. Like, this guy's won three NBA championships. He's one of the best, if not second greatest shooter of all time. Like, they, 
if we're if if our problems are with like this guy, Steph Curry, like Jordan Poole, you're in a great spot. You're up, you're tied one one, coming back home for a game three that is now not only I mean any game three in a one one series is pivotal, but now the emotions, the fans, um, the media, everything like this series has everything you can ask for. And um, that being said, gentlemen, uh, we've come to that time where we give our game three predictions. Um, like we've, we've broken, we've broken these first two games down to a science um, Grizzlies fans. I think they know how we feel about them. Um, media members, especially. And if you don't <laughs> fuck you, that's how, that's how we feel. Um, but let's uh, on, uh, on, on, I want to pause real quick. Gotham's thoughts are his own, but I was not, yeah, happy with, my thoughts I was not own. happy with Memphis, uh, Memphis media the last couple of days. You know what? I'll, I'll double down. You know what? Grizzlies fans, you got Grizzlies media fans, team, soft, punk-ass organization. Y'all ain't been here before. Lame-ass motherfuckers. Win it, and then, hey, come talk to me. Talk. My DMs are open. You come DM me on Twitter if you guys win the series. Which again, not. again, DM Gotham and DM only Gotham. Gautam, G-A-U-T-A-M-R-A-T-N-A-M-N-B-A. DM me. I'll, I will go to Twitter war with you any day of the week. But back to Peace. our our uh, our total games whose clay it takes. Um Guys, game three predictions. Let's uh, let's hear. This is a pivotal one. Charlie, Matt, what are we feeling? Oh man, I think I think you're gonna get some nasty things in your DMs. Probably, like, um, come come at me, bros. Come at me. But, I'm ready. No, for real. I think I do believe in the fact that like this team just plays well when they're pissed. Especially Draymond. Especially Steph. I think Jordan Poole has been playing really well and just off regression to the mean you know like it's the process has been good they haven't been hitting open shots like they're gonna they're gonna do like something's gonna go down and like they're gonna have one of those explosive games and i think they're really just gonna like beat up on them in one of these games and why not game three so i'm going an actual comfortable win here uh for our dubs baby back at home I'm also feeling good about Saturday. Um, I was just shooting Jordan Poole's horn a moment ago. I'm going to continue to do so. I think we're going to get a really big game from Poole because he's a hothead. He's uh, he's built for big, big moments, and I think we're going to get one from him. Um, I'm also predicting that Kaminga is going to start for uh, for Gary Payton. But that's that's Ooh. it. I'm saying Warriors win, big, big uh, Jordan Poole game, and Kaminga starting spot. I think they can get away with Kaminga. Um, battling with with Jaw a little bit, or taking Wiggins' place and hopefully battling on the boards a bit. But he's an offensive threat in the way that most other Warriors. Uh, I'm gonna put bigs in, in scare quotes here because the elite says they're only uh, seven footer, and we know that guy is about as big as my big toe. So um, that's mm-hmm. mine. That's mine. All right, guys. Here's mine. Um, first off, this is to this is to all the uh, Memphis people. Um, you haven't said enough about them. <laughs> I haven't said enough. I have one last point that I want to make. Um, a lot of you guys talking about how this is a rivalry and how we're uh, Warriors and Grizzlies are rival. Y'all are not on our level yet. Y'all haven't won shit. One playing game doesn't mean anything. Y'all had a nice regular season. Gritty your ass out to a second round exit. Um, totally fine with me. Um, once you guys earn the respect, you guys haven't earned to call this a rivalry. And um, you know. Prove me wrong. Like I said, DMs are open. That being said, my prediction for this game, we've heard a lot of talk about the Splash Brothers um, not not getting it done, not shooting from three. Uh, 
I think a little bit of home cooking changes that. I'm get, I'm feeling a big Splash Brothers game, uh, big Steph Clay, uh, just kind of put reminding people who who the real who the real champs are because um, you know it's been two years people forget. So I'm feeling a big Warriors win game three. I think the crowd gets behind them. Um, I think they fix up a lot of these uh, a lot of these mistakes, these turnovers that uh, that that kind of bogged them down game two. And I think the Warriors hit shots, man. Home cooking, you're you're getting you're going to get the looks that you're getting. Um, I think defensively they they stick with the the game plan that they that's been working. Um, you know, maybe let job beat you, whatever it is. But um, I think they uh, they take advantage and um, go up go up two one going into Monday night. And if we don't record before Monday night, three one. Um, that's, that's the prediction. I think the Warriors go back to Memphis up three, one, um, two. Well, I think one of the games will be semi-close. Um, I, I can't tell you which one game three or four, but, uh, one of these games are going to be blowout. Um, and both, both these teams, um, you know, they've, they've earned a spot in the, in the West Conference semifinals, but, um, one team has been here and done that and one team hasn't. So, and you're kind of seeing it with the, uh, the, the discourse so far. So, I got I got Dubs winning big on uh, on on Sunday or Saturday. So I just want to say, first of all, we're recording Sunday. It's gonna happen. We gotta react. If the game goes awry, I'll be waking up with no tooth and a face tattoo for sure. Uh, <laughs> so we'll be sure to put the uh, the video on YouTube. But um, I think we're all predicting a win here, guys. That's pretty sweet. Big time, big time. Dubs get Dubs getting done. It's playoffs, man. This is this is where we've been. This is where this is what we know how to do. And you know, Memphis doesn't know how to do it yet. And uh, They'll figure it out at some point. Not this year. Um, They'll have their that, time, but not now. It's not their time, man. You know, Jog, mad respect. Jog Morant, I honestly, the one player that I have actually gained a tremendous amount of respect for these last couple games, especially. I'm excited to see how he battles back. But uh, the rest of the rest of this team is a bunch of front runners, man. Um, all y'all <laughs> motherfuckers in Tennessee, DM me. I don't give a shit. We'll go. I can go all day. But um, other than that, guys, any shout out, anything to get off your chest before we get on out of here? I just want to shout out the new Twitter bio, which is going to say that uh, Gotham's comments do not reflect the views of the podcast. Is uh, check right. that out? Damn fucking right. <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta have one of those like right winger like views are my own bios, like just <laughs> yes, to clarify. Yes. Like hey. to clarify. I feel like I I feel like I you know, I'm not going to speak for both of you guys, but when I do say you know fuck Memphis, whatever. It's uh, it's from he the heart. It's he means the heart, it. and I, I mean it. Um, I've never disliked. <laughs> I've never disliked a team, a fan base, an organization. We've gone through Rocket Series, Cavs Series. I've never seen much more of a punk ass organization than the fucking Memphis Grizzlies. So, great, great, uh, great follow you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, it's your boy Gotham. My boy's <laughs> Mad Charlie here on the game. She's Clay Pod, and we out. Peace. State Warriors advance to their fifth consecutive Western Conference Final for the second straight year. They eliminate the Rockets here in Houston as they take this series in six games and they win game six without Kevin Durant. Just a painful way to end the season once again for Chris Paul, James Harden, and the Rockets.